Crota's End Hard Mode is out. We're talking about the first people to have beat it. Diddy and Sassy have gone through it, and they're going to tell you their experience. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny the Soul. Welcome, Guardians. What's up, everybody? BBK Dragoon here, joined, as always, by Diddy. How are you doing this week? Pretty good. I've finalized my school schedule for the semester, and it's going to be a tough one, so yeah. I'm probably going to take a hiatus from all these video games and YouTubes, but uh, I'll definitely have time to do the podcast, of course. And some Destiny in the evenings, when you can. Yep, absolutely. All right. This week, what'd you do, man? Other than the crazy school schedule stuff in the world of Destiny... You got done hard mode, or are you guys doing that tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, we'll do it uh, tonight or tomorrow, and uh, that means the past this past weekend for our listeners. Um, yeah, <laughs> time but, warp. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I also uh, I watched a lot of the streams. I was there uh, when the first uh, clans tried to beat Crota's End on hard mode. They tried. To, I watched uh, Professor Broman, um, his yep. clan. They kind of just took it slow and kind of explained all the changes that were um, that were implemented into hard mode. And it actually turns out that they ended up at the final room about the same time as everybody else hmm. <laughs> because they just, they just methodically went through the whole thing, and it was actually pretty sweet. Nice. And in your Destiny adventures themselves, what did you do? Did you, so you have a 32, right, for the Hunter... Yeah, I have a 32 Hunter, a 31 Titan, and a 30 Warlock. And uh, I actually finally got the God of War shader for my Hunter, and that's the all red, and I look like a freaking Sith Lord with the right setup and cape, and it looks awesome, and I'm never taking it off until I get get that sweet, sweet Crotazen hard mode shader. <laughs> it looks good on hunters. I think it looks disgusting on warlocks and titans. But... Well, it matches perfectly with the Titan Exotic Helmet mm-hmm. class house, and I actually yep. have that maxed out, so I'm oh, definitely going to be using I that. It. I guess it's going to go on my Titan. Uh, but other than that, I did play a bit of Crucible with Lurker Zero, uh, played some doubles, uh, which we'll touch on a little bit later. Yep. And uh, I really like, ever since uh, Iron Banner, by the way, so... I played more Iron Banner since we recorded last show, right? Mm -hmm, Before it ended. Yeah. I got my Hunter to rank five and I bought everything, right? Everything I could except for, I think it was the auto rifle. I didn't get that drop. Um, So I got my Hunter to rank five Iron Banner and I bought everything. And then I actually got my Titan to rank four as well. Yeah. um, Because I wanted wanted the gauntlets (laughs) because I like to have options to be the highest level, right? And so... Uh, I got up to that point with my Titan, and I, I'm i telling you, man, Defender Titan in Crucible with a shotgun is, like, the perfect thing. I actually have Invective on that class, and I know you hate that gun, <laughs> yeah, but know. if you have a Defender Titan with Armor of Light on a control point, mm-hmm. just whip out Invective, and then you'll just destroy <laughs> everybody who tries to walk into your circle. It's awesome. I went back to my roots and I broke out the level 20 Titan. So I didn't really talk <laughs> about it, but I was like, I'll get this guy leveled up. And then I started doing the bounties and going, oh, yeah, that's right. I have to farm Vanguard marks and I got to get him <laughs> geared. So I lost my motivation to level him up a lot, like really quickly. I don't know. Maybe I'll spend more time with him. I love the way the Titan feels and I like the way their armor looks. 
I'm just lame in the fact that I don't want to do it again for another character. It just doesn't fit right now. Beat Dark Souls 2. Amazing. Awesome. Great stuff. Played Crucible with Sassy. Oh, broke the map, actually. I'm going to have videos on this. Sassy took me to Trader's Catch. He took me to King's Watch. And we even broke into the Dust Palace Strike, the final boss room, doing all this map-breaking, <laughs> trick-jumping. Some really, like, not hard for Sassy, but hard jumps, dude. Like, this game has a trick-jumping community, and getting outside the map, is one of the coolest things I've ever done in Destiny. I'm going to have a video of it on my channel this week. Um, King's Watch is gorgeous. Um, what is it? Trader's Catch. It looks all right. You know, it's cool. <laughs> um, it's too much to talk about there. I mean, it's cool to go to the areas, but I know it makes some people mad because they're like, DLC on disc. I had a conversation with Sassy about it, and I just don't think there is a any way that I can communicate and have a decent conversation. Conversation. I think people who are like okay with it are okay with it, and people who are angry are always going to be angry. There's no need to convince either camp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Well, with all that said, let's hop into the news. News! This is a very light week in terms of news. So the links I'm talking about first are going to be the best Crotas and Primary. This came from PlanetDestiny.com. They ran a poll asking what do their viewers think the best Primary raid drop is from the hard mode Crotas End, which is uh, the only place you can actually get the four hard mode weapons that drop. And those weapons are Word of Crota, Abyss Defiant, Oversold Edict, which I actually got this week, and Fang of Irryut. Did I say that right? I hope. Sure. Drum roll, please. And the viewers voted. The Word of Crota by 43% is the best Crota's end primary drop. It does not have much impact, but apparently it has explosive rounds. This is the hand cannon, by the way. Word of Crota is a hand cannon. Oversold Edict is the, uh, what are they called? Pulse Rifles. Abyss Defiant is the auto rifle. And then the last one, Fang of Uryut, is the scout rifle. Whew. Got all that out there. Diddy, did you get any of these yet? Not yet. Um, I actually have yet to complete the hard mode, but I'll do that right after this podcast. Yeah, um, actually, the viewers who are hearing this on Tuesday, we're recording this back in time. So you've already, by the time they're hearing this, you're decked out in yes, gear. You're swimming course. in a pool of yeah, this Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. I've gotten all the primaries already. Exactly, yes. <laughs> uh, the world's first Crotus and hard mode actually happened, and it was by Clan 1 and Done, and it took him about 30 minutes did these times kind of shock you, Diddy, or were you sort of expecting this? Uh, the first time blew my mind, right? I was watching Dotto, Professor Broman, IGN, and a bunch of other streamers, and yes. I, I didn't even know about One and Done until Bungie tweeted them out. Apparently, if you go to their like Destiny Tracker page, uh, they finished in like 27 minutes and 50 seconds, <laughs> and that like... that was hard mode, and I was blown away by that, and it was taking Dotto and Professor Broman like hours to do the crota fight and they were all racing trying to do it really quick and you know stumbling yeah. through it and the bridge section kind of caught uh dado and his crew off guard or like they had some glitches to that kind of you know held them up yeah held them up and yeah uh, everyone was just trying to do the crota and crota 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 end boss crota fight yes uh, and they were just having a lot of trouble with regening health and trying to stay alive and um 
it 27 minutes is actually pretty dang impressive for a first time doing the hard mode and you know since then a bunch of other strategies have come out um and you know we're gonna probably see 30 minute or sub 27 minute runs pretty soon oh, with these yeah. strategies which yep. i'm actually really looking forward to i i like it it makes for this fun event it's almost like we got two raids not quite as exciting as when you know it first came out. It's really funny to me that when Crota Zen first came out, all I heard from the people who played, this is way harder than Vault of Glass. <laughs> this is like, there's so many enemies and like just hearing all this stuff. And now it's different. I would say that Crota Zen is, do you think it's easier? Normal. Let's not talk about hard mode, but I think normal Crota Zen is far easier than normal Vault of Glass. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And yeah. um, now that, you know, a couple of days have passed and it's almost a week after it, has come out there's actually a there was a post on reddit i can't remember who it was otherwise i'd give him credit but he's actually soloed crota hard mode up until crota yeah yeah so he's, he's need another person for the sword yeah he's soloed the entire thing by himself and it's just like you know give it time people are gonna be able to solo the whole thing by themselves and uh, that would be insane you, at the end if that's possible <laughs> and, and you can't do that with vault of glass like you need a team with for certain parts and i think you know, moving on, Bungie should, you know, include those puzzles that Vault of Glass had. And I've, I'm sure that's the consensus with the Destiny fan base, you know. Yeah. Uh, they think, you know, Crota's End is easier, just hands down. It's e- it's an easier raid to do um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's much shorter. Uh, there's not as many puzzles. And the fact that you can solo the majority of it just, you know, is testament to the difficulty of it. And it's not very difficult, so... Hopefully future um, raids, like the arena coming up in House of Wolves, which I'm super psyched about. If it's just like an arena and it's like a horde mode, I think that would be awesome. I agree. That would be very cool. I want a horde mode in this game. You know, they've got all the basic building blocks. But all right, next up, a- another link from planetdestiny.com. Crotus and what is new. This describes all the new and the changes that I don't really want to go into because I think it spoils it um, for our later segment in the show. You and Sassy are going to be talking about what hard mode was like. But the reason I included this link is there is a really cool graphic made by Reddit user Dumbass. Dumbass. And it basically is a map of the first section, the lamp room, and it shows the layout of the lamp. Cool story. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 lamps in that room. Never knew that before, but it's just a way cool graphic. I would love to see this guy actually put together more of these, if he can, of like, let's see, Vault of Glass or whatever. It'd be cool to have some of these visuals laid out, and I don't know. That's the only reason I really included it. Next up, a Team Double Skirmish playlist is now out. We thought that was coming in House of Wolves, but you actually played it this week, Diddy. How was it? It's really fun until the enemy team quits after about yeah. five or six kills. You know, mm. I went Does the in, game end, or does it wait to no. join someone else? Well, so my experience was uh, I went in with Lurker Zero, so we went in as two. And um, first game we played, uh, we kind of started winning a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then apparently they were two randoms, so one of them quit out. So it was 2v1 for a while, right? Mm. And um, then this other dude came in and then just totally smashed our faces and carried the other guy to a victory, which yeah. kind of made us pretty salty. So we um, we found a new match, and it matched us with two randoms again. And we got about five or six kills ahead, and then one guy left. And mm-hmm. that's a huge problem yes. in, in doubles, you know, 
because some of the maps are bigger. Um, the new map, I think it's, what is it called? Pantheon uh, from the DLC. It's it's more of a 6v6 control or salvage style map. It works for 3v3 because it's still kind of medium size, but 2v2, it just feels too big, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hiding spots, and, you yeah. know, when one person quits 2v1, it becomes a game of hide-and-seek. Yeah, boring. And that's not what I want to play in Destiny. I want to play doubles, right? I just want to yeah. play 2v2, competitive, awesome. And, you know, I think they should implement some type of um, quitting penalty, but I... You know, don't see how that would be implemented because there's no rewards or I don't know. It's not like Iron Banner. You know, you get you get medallions for reputation for stuff like that. It's just regular Crucible, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, I would so, like to see sort of a medallion thing, maybe less powerful in normal Crucible. But I do agree. We were playing games yesterday. Now, granted, I got so salty playing last night. <laughs> and we lost to some great teams. Congratulations, GGS. But. Uh, just super frustrated but people quitting out that's always a frustration for me is on my my own team little incentive to stick around i like 3v3 skirmish i'm not gonna lie i I, as exciting as doubles is i just don't think destiny is at least the maps aren't really built for it yeah i I would i would agree and skirmish is probably my favorite playlist but overall team doubles is pretty fun if everybody stays in the game you know and that's few and far between at this point what excites me is it does show some diversity from on their end, like the settings and things that they can change because you you and I come from a Halo background. We would be thrilled to see a Forge and we would be thrilled to see a custom games option for Destiny. And we have been told private matches will come someday. To have those options, to have a the ability to change the, the player sizes, maybe get rid of radar. We're starting to see these elements from Halo custom games that could potentially be there when they bring in private matches, which if it is the case, oh my gosh, they could take Crucible to a whole nother place. Could you bet like a Forge? I don't know if we'll see a Forge prior to Destiny 2, but I'm getting excited. (laughs) Yeah, I would just say once they release the custom game settings, they can start taking community feedback. You know, that's how Griffball started. It was a community-made game in Halo 3 Forge, and they said, this is awesome. We're going to implement it into our playlist. And now it's this huge thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Destiny can create that kind of thing because the Destiny community is pretty freaking creative, if I might say so myself, you know? Yes, yeah. It's, there's so much potential with just that one edition custom games. So our final news story comes from, I think it's Destiny, the blog. I actually closed it. Can you see who's it from, Diddy? TheDestinyBlog.com. There we go. Thank you. And Destiny was the top-selling digital game on the PlayStation 4 network. It outsold, in 2014, mind you, it outsold Grand Theft Auto. I almost said Grand Turismo. Jeez, Grand Theft Auto 5, which is impressive. Destiny, number one game on the PS4 network. Thought it was cool and I wanted to share. I also want to point out that didn't GTA 5 come out on last generation's console first and then it was ported over to the PlayStation 4? Yes, yes. So it wasn't like the launch numbers of no, the play, but GTA, of the GTA 5, game. man, is sells a lot. I think they just use it as a big benchmark because if you were to look at, you know, 2014, everybody touts GTA 5 on next gen as one of those top 3 games. Yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> n- now that I think about it, you know, they're going to use these numbers to forecast future projections. I'm learning about forecasting right now in my operations management class, and I, yeah. that's what I'm doing this entire weekend. Oh, cool. And, you know, they're going to be using these numbers, and with these ne- with these 
generation of consoles are trying to push digital sales even harder because yes, it's yeah. so much easier. You know, people have um, less production larger, cost, less production costs, larger hard drives. You know, yep. I would I would say that you know the worldwide internet has increased since last generation console. So oh, yeah. download speeds are going to be a little bit faster. And so digital sales are going to be, I would say, a priority for publishers like Activision and EA, yeah. people trying to get their games out there. You know, they're trying to eliminate the discs, right? But people are always going to want the discs, but whatever. That's a whole other argument. So they're going to use these digital sales to, you know, hopefully... Uh, project for future digital sales and maybe make the experience better for the users. So, yeah, it's great that Destiny was uh, the best-selling digital PlayStation 4 game of 2014. Indeed. All right, let's move on to the topic. I'm really looking forward to hearing you and Sassy tell me all about Crota's End Hard Mode. Salvaged relic data is now decrypted, out of consequence. Evening, Guardian. Earn. Your honor, Guardian. Titan survey data requested by Vanguard. So, Sazzy, first of all, how are you doing this week? I'm doing terrifically. Thank you very much for asking. I've quite enjoyed smashing out Crota hard mode. I've been developing a few tactics, modifying some stuff, looking at numbers. And it's gone pretty well so far, so enjoying it, definitely. Nice. So, how many times have you actually done hard mode beginning to end? Um, beginning to end, I've... If you count killing Crota, I've only done it twice, but I've been spending a lot of time in the Crota fight, modifying and trying different strategies for trying to find more consistent and safer areas and ways to kill Crota, though the masses can actually do it quite consistently. So I've been juggling between using two swords, using three swords, having a fourth sword back up, what to do when certain enemies spawn, how can you avoid that? But um, for the thrall, well, from beginning and up to Crota, I've done it about 10 or more times, helping people out and showing them how it's done. Okay, sweet. So I kind of wanted to go through each section of the raid. For those of you who have not played Crota hard mode, or Crota in general, there's um, what the Abyss, the Bridge, um, the Thrallway, the Death Singer, and then Crota. So that's five areas? Yep. Okay. So let's go ahead and start off with the Thrall Abyss. That's where you find the first chest. That's where all the that's where the lanterns are. There's a, we mentioned uh, the really cool um, picture in this week's show of the the diagram, basically. So what was different from normal mode in the Thrall Abyss? Uh, not actually a lot. There's definitely more enemies because it's hard mode, but um, the lanterns last a couple of seconds less. So if you get caught behind, you get more and more in trouble. So it's bringing this mentality that the group has to stick together. Um, the Exploder Thrall and the Knights are now hallowed. And if you don't know what hallowed means, that means they are yellow bar. So they have a ton of health. Uh, the bridge at the end takes about 15 seconds longer to construct, so you have to hold out and then a little bit more. But having said that, it's still pretty easy for uh, Invis Hunter to solo, or if you're a fast Titan or Warlock, it's still definitely doable to do by yourself. Awesome. So my one question for the Abyss area, do you like the change? Uh, I know you know a lot of people were complaining about just adding more bullet sponges with the hallowed... Uh, exploding thralls in the nights uh, they didn't really like that change they just wanted more and more enemies and not just more bullet sponges so what do you think about that uh i kind of enjoyed having with the introduction of the hallowed 
uh, enemies, it brings in this thing that you have to avoid certain enemies. So when I did it with my team, is that we just completely avoided the knights altogether, and we tried to trip the um, hallowed the hallowed thrall to explode and take out the rest of the group. And it's pretty difficult if you do it like that. But if you can avoid certain enemies, it becomes a lot more fun because it becomes like, instead of fighting your way through, you are just simply running as fast as you can. And you've got like this wave of thrall that you just don't really want to turn around and kill. That's come straight after you. So it's a, I, I, I do enjoy the changes and it's a lot more fun, but it hasn't really changed that much in general, because if you've done it solo before, you know, you're not really supposed to kill any of the enemies. So if you're doing it solo, it doesn't really bring that much of a change. But if, from a team point of view, it definitely brings a change. And I think it's much more enjoyable. Awesome. So real quick, in terms of the loot drop, is anything different besides the addition of the raid primaries? Uh, no. The chest is the chests in this raid are one drop only. So if you've done it on normal for that week, you cannot do it on hard. So it's only one drop. But the drop at can, one, upon completion of the bridge, you will find that you have a chance to get Oversoul's Edict, which is the Pulse Rifle. And I think that's about it. I'm not, I've never seen people get armor from that drop. I think the primary weapons are the only drops you can get off hard mode. Okay. So moving on to the bridge section, what are the changes here? Um, all the knights and the wizards are now hallowed, so they're yellow bar. Ogres are now yellow bar. Uh, at least one gatekeeper must be killed if you want to proceed. So if you make it across the bridge and you just try to avoid a gatekeeper and keep him alive, you will just die. The annihilator totems on that side will activate and there's nothing you can do. And they brought in this cool uh, mechanic where if you don't kill both o- ogres within a minute 30, I think it's around a minute 30, of each other, the other one will simply just respawn and you have to start all over again. So <laughs> what you have to do is like chip away at both ogres' health until they're relatively low and then just kill them at the same time or just burst them down as quick as you can and hope for the best. Wow, that's that's actually pretty nice. So there's a sense of urgency now. I like that. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the thrall way. Uh, what, what are the new changes here? Um, again, all the exploder thrall are hallowed. Uh, the door for the chest closes faster. It goes from 22 seconds, I think it's open, until before it closes to 15. So you really have to book it. And the shriekers respawn after 15 seconds if you're a bit slow. So if you take one out, then everyone's like playing it safe for trying to get the second one. Not the second, that first shriek is going to respawn, and you're in a lot of trouble. Wow. Isn't there a third shrieker in that hallway as well? Uh, I think I know, actually. I've only seen two, but I think a third one could spawn if you wait a bit long. It could be that. So moving on to the Death Singer, this is uh, Iryut, right? Yep. What are the changes here? Um, Actually, there's a couple of changes. Again, all the knights and the wizards are yellow bar, so they're all hallowed. Uh, I've developed a tactic if you use the Dragon's Breath or if you're with the Pyromancer upgrade or if you're a warlock with the Solar Flare. We found out that if you throw your solar flare or fire the rocket at a specific point underneath the summoning crystal, the splash damage from the solar flare can actually damage those two wizards, and you can actually send them outside without actually going inside and shooting the walls, which is a really, really safer way. So, and it's like, and it's so much handier because you can do it. You can leave one guy underneath, and then you can just fire them and just go, and it's a lot more faster. The Death Singer has. 
I'm significantly more health. I'm not sure if that's just the level reduction because you're a level underneath or if she actually does have more health. And her time before she summons her liturgy, so usually you have four minutes bef- between she starts her song and then she you have 30 seconds to kill her. I think she now has two minutes, 20. I think it's been really cut in half. So you, that solar flare tactic really, really pays dividends of getting those wizards out as quick as you can and playing it safe. So that tactic sounds like to get the wizards out without actually going into that room, that actually sounds like it would be pretty useful for people, you know, trying to play it safe. But then again, you do have the sense of urgency with the uh, the shorter time frame to actually kill the Death Singer. Yeah, definitely. It's really a given, like, if you have the opportunity to use that tactic with the solar flare, definitely do it. It's pretty finicky to get the right spot, but it's once you know it, it's pretty easy to do. But having said that, if you are confident and getting out there, doing it, you're like going into the room yourself and doing that way. By definitely, that's I would say that's faster. Okay, so what are the changes from normal mode into the, the final Crota fight? All right, well, the first thing you'll notice when you go in is that there's no chalice of light at all. So there's no possible health regen bar your abilities or weapons or exotic pieces of armor that give uh, health upon walls of light, which is the infusion perk, if you're wondering. So bring in armor that has that perk, if you're looking for it. Uh, Cirrus Regime and Red Death are still... If you're not having a Yellowhorn, if you just have a regular tracking rug, like Hunger of Crota, definitely bring those weapons in because the health regen will be amazingly good for you. And generally, I think each of the classes have their own, one of the subclasses for each one, have a, their own health regen perks. I know, for, for example, the Hunters have Hungering Blade on the Blade Dancer thing. So if you get a Blink Strike or you use your Super and you get a kill with that, you'll regen health. So de- those are definitely uh, recommended. Um, a Gatekeeper and a Hallowed Wizard now patrol the area underneath the Summoning Crystal. So if you like one of those guys that go underneath the summoning crystal when to avoid the boomer fire and whatnot, you will not be able to go there because they will continuously spawn and you cannot kill the gatekeeper without a sword. So you're basically wasting a sword. Uh, The boomer knights in the towers are now hallowed. And instead of a sword knight jumping out, once you've killed those two, uh, a hallowed wizard is now going to spawn and ruin your day. So the most common tactic for everyone now is just to not kill them at all. If you have a high-powered sniper rifle like an Icebreaker and an LDR 5001 or an Ephrodite Spear, if you crit them, you can stagger them. So it's become really popular to not kill them, but stagger them at crucial points. For example, if they draw aggro onto your sword bearer when he's attacking Crota, uh, just pop a stagger in there. Or when you're going in and out of the doorways, definitely pop a stagger in there and that's so much handier. Uh, the ogres that spawn in between the th- second and third swords are now yellow bar. But having said that, we've developed a tactic where you basically spawn camp one of the ogres and then just use that position to rain death upon the other ogre. And it actually goes fairly consistently and very quickly, so it's not really noticeable. Crota now auto-enrages at 15 to 20% health. So now... Upon the sword bearer, you have to juggle damage output that you've done in case that you've done too much damage and then you run out of a sword and he's enraged, which has happened a couple of times with me. I'm not going to lie. It's been pretty infuriating <laughs> where you've got him. You have to juggle damage output to get to like the lowest possible crota health without him enraging to make the next go easier. Because once you get him enraged, it's basically a do or die moment. You can either go for it 
Because you'll continuously summon Oversouls. You either have to go for it or you just have to say, yeah, that was a bit too much. We have to wipe and start it all over again. Um, it is still possible to do it in two swords and not have to bother about the Ogres entirely. But we found that connection makes that method pretty inconsistent and it's pretty annoying. And I've spent a lot of time trying to modify it and find different ways and look at the damage outputs of each of the attacks and find out what they do. But we've decided that a three-sword method to take out the Ogres is a lot more consistent and it's a lot more safer. And as soon as we tried that, we got it first try. So I definitely recommend to people who are not exactly... I wouldn't say gods at the Crota, but it would just like to get it done. Definitely start looking at a three-sword method because it's so much safer and it's so much easier. And it's a lot more enjoyable and it's without having to wipe for like four and a half hours. My last question, Sassy, is now that we have the raid primaries, each raid primary has the um, the upgrade to do more damage to Hive Majors. Yep. I it's I guess that the second time around with those raid primaries, Crota's End is a lot easier. Definitely. <laughs> Especially in hard mode. I um I myself I didn't get I was fortunately I did not get the pulse rifle but I did get the auto rifle from the bridge drop and I ranked that up to max as quick as I can and it has a really nice perk that disorient has a chance to disorientate wizards and what basically that means if you shoot the wizard you have a chance to uh, disorientate her so she'll like cover her face for about a good five to ten seconds and it gives you a really really nice gap of opportunity where you can really put some damage down without having being feared of being shot back and the pulse rifle it's actually uh penetrates those hive shields like the uh, machine gun does so that becomes really handy so it, those weapons will definitely make crota's hard mode a lot easier although the crota fight you might still want to swap out to asura's regime or red death if you don't have a yellow horn awesome well thank you so much sassy for all that wonderful information where can people find your content uh, you may be able to contact me at my Twitter at I'm Sassy. That's at I-M-S-A-S-S-S-I. And other than that, I will be either... I check the uh, Bungie group, the Destiny of the Shape clan. I check the forums pretty much daily there and I try to help out as much as I can there. So if you have any questions at all, please feel free to ask me and I will help you in as best as I can. Awesome. Thanks so much. It came from Twitter! Our first tweet is from HaggardHero88, and he writes, Thanks for the shout-out on your podcast. You're welcome. Anytime. At Goose, No, Woof Woof Goose. <laughs> hey, Destiny the Show. Thanks for giving a shout-out to my clan, mate. HaggardHero88 and getting our name out there. Hooray, fecal assassins. Hashtag DTS is the jam. But we're better than the jam. It's the other word for jam. <laughs> At Mr. Snowmiser sent us a picture of Destiny the Show. Diddy's upside down. I'm right side up, and it says awesome. And his answer to you asking why are you drawn upside down, he says, sometimes to keep the world right side up, one has to be poorly drawn upside down. I feel like that needs to actually go on the website. (laughs) (laughs) Thomasaurus Rex tells us that Phobos is one of the Mars moons. You were right, Diddy. Yep. Thank you for that. Yes. At At Dr. Poopa... And his his profile picture is a Dr. Pepper label, but he's photoshopped it to say Dr. Pooper, which is <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> I got PS4 and Destiny over the holidays and something I listened to every episode of your podcast in about a week. Wow, nice. Great show. I'm a level 28 noob and need raid pals. First of all, I love the level of effort in your profile picture. Second of all, thanks for listening to the show. Makes us happy, right, Diddy? 
Absolutely. And if you guys, I'm actually going to be playing on PlayStation a lot more because I actually turned on my PlayStation for the first time in months. Um, I'll be playing on PlayStation a lot more for all those PlayStation uh, Destiny to Show fans. So shoot me a message and friend request. That is Diddyson, D-I-T-T-Y-S-O-N. Say that you're a fan of the show and uh, we can raid sometime. Dude, just off topic, I'm actually looking at PS4s. There's Bloodborne, which is like the exclusive PS4 game that's the sequel. It's like made by the people who do Dark Souls. And then Kingdom Hearts comes out later that year. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of money, but maybe it might happen. Anyway. Do it. Do it. Just do it. ah, Okay. At Tweedlevee, when do YouTube versions go up? Can't find number 28 uh, that just dropped on iTunes. The YouTube version of the show comes out one day later on Wednesdays, and it should be noted that the YouTube version is a little bit abridged. Sometimes our shows go a little bit longer. I like to keep the YouTube versions nice and short, and so you guys will always get the news, maybe sometimes the topic, uh, but if the show's too long, YouTube is like cut down. iTunes listeners, we know you love to veg out on this, and you can listen in the long form. People who listen to podcasts usually like put on their headphones and do something else, whereas YouTube viewers like to sit down and consume the visual portion of it and long videos die on youtube at matthew hilla sent us a picture and says yes finally now on 232 he has a level 31 hunter a level 31 titan and a level 31 warlock congratulations that takes a lot of work all right scrolling up um oh yeah at woof woof goose in our response to last week's topic asking about a trading system tells us i don't think they should have in-game trading i love the feeling of earning it and doing the grind hashtag to grind forever hashtag praise are in jesus there's the grind at jh kariv i'm afraid with trades and auction houses we will start to see boas and bocs very quickly hashtag need shards for non-wow players boa stands for bind on account i'm guessing boc stands for bind on character in WoW, high-end gear cannot be sold on the auction house because it's bind-on account. And it'll tell you when you pick up this item, this is a bind-on account. If you pick this up, you cannot sell this. You can break it down and maybe get materials out of it, but you can't sell it as is. You know, players need to earn this high-end stuff. So I understand the concern. I would definitely see BOAs entering the picture if there was a trading system. Last but not least comes from at Lurker Zero. How can we improve Destiny's storytelling without cumbersome cutscenes? And this is a YouTube video he put out this week. I really like Lurker's videos. They're always just, to me, they represent a lot of effort. Don't you think, Diddy? It feels like he puts a lot of thought and time into it. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to put the link to this on our website. It'll also be in the link below the YouTube video. That's all the tweets that we have this week. Diddy, where on earth can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy DTS. D I T T Y D T S. I got it this time. I talked through it. D I T T Y D T S. Sorry. <laughs> yes. And uh, youtube.com slash whooshness. W O O O S H N E S S. Excellent. Make sure to follow the show at Destiny the Show. Go to destinytheshow.com for all the links from today's show and more. You can join our clan there, even though the clan is like really hard to use in the game. Other than that, I am BBK at Dragoon, and you can find me at youtube.com slash BBK Dragoon or on Twitter at BBK Dragoon. Have a wonderful week. Good luck. Go beat hard mode, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>